Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. I am Greg Littmer, one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ, and I thought we'd wrap up our brief examination of the book of Ecclesiastes by turning to a certain portion of what Solomon has to say in Ecclesiastes chapter 9. We will begin by reading verses 7 through 10. There Solomon wrote these words, Go then, eat your bread in happiness, and drink your wine with a cheerful heart, for God has already approved your works. Let your clothes be white all the time, and let not oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the woman whom you love all the days of your fleeting life which he has given you under the sun, for this is your reward in life and in your toil in which you have labored under the sun. What your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, for there is no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol where you are going. In this passage, Solomon essentially states a revision of his original thesis, which, of course, is all is vanity. He contends now, and this is the key to the whole book, that a life which includes God can bring about genuine happiness. Before we go any further, let's read verses 2 through 6 of this same chapter. It tells us it is the same for all. There is one fate for the righteous and for the wicked, for the good, for the clean, and for the unclean, for the man who offers a sacrifice, and for the one who does not sacrifice. As the good man is, so is the sinner. As the swearer is, so is the one who is afraid to swear. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that there is one fate for all men. Furthermore, the hearts of the sons of men are full of evil and insanity is in their hearts throughout their lives. Afterwards, they go to the dead. For whoever is joined with all the living, there is hope. Surely a live dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know they will die, but the dead do not know anything nor have they any longer a reward, for their memory is forgotten. Indeed, their love, their hate, and their zeal have already perished, and they will no longer have a share in all that is done under the sun. Now, in view of the truths in verses 2 through 6, Solomon offers some very wise advice. Every person should choose to live life to the fullest, since this is the only opportunity any of us are going to receive. In verses 7 through 10 of chapter 9, Solomon advocated that people choose to experience happiness in five categories, food and drink, clothes, medicine, marriage, and labor. The believer who turns his life completely over to God first can then have a fulfilled, meaningful life. He doesn't have to worry about being accepted because he knows he is accepted by God. This being so, with a cheerful heart, Solomon said that a man should go eat and drink. 
These are imperatives. Enjoy life. Being a child of God does not mean a life lacking in enjoyment and fun. The life God has given to men is intended to be fulfilling. I think this is the point to be derived from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. In that particular passage, Paul said, Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. Jesus taught us that we should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If we do this, then God has already approved of the other priorities in our lives. God does not want his children to be sad and miserable. Indeed, he wants us to be happy and rejoice in the Lord. That's exactly what Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4 when he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. These are choices each person can make. Solomon offered two examples of choosing happiness, clothing and oil. The statement about clothes being white is not talking about purity. In a hot climate, white clothing makes the wearer more comfortable. Very simply, doing whatever is possible to be more comfortable encourages happiness. Solomon also said that oil should not be lacking on your head. Oil was used to provide comfort to the skin when it was dry or had a cut. Remember the parable of the Good Samaritan that we find in Luke chapter 10, verse 34, where the Good Samaritan helped that injured individual by bandaging up his wounds, pouring oral and wine on them. Members of some religious groups today refuse medical treatment because they believe refusing such treatment demonstrates a lack of faith. However, Solomon said it is foolish to refuse that which will make one more comfortable. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 12, Jesus said of certain of the Pharisees, It is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. Now I realize that Jesus was making a spiritual application here, but the physical is true as well. Jesus did not dismiss the importance of physical health and comfort. Indeed, one of Paul's closest companions was Luke, the beloved physician. Any ethical means available to improve the quality of life should be used. Verse 9 of Ecclesiastes 9 shows us that one should be happy in marriage. It is so sad that it doesn't always work out that way. A loving spouse is a gift from God. Having a real partner makes it easier to deal with life's difficulties. We could say that marriage requires three actions. First, the pursuit of happiness. Solomon called it, enjoy life. The second is the giving of affection. Solomon said, with the woman whom you love. And third, a lifelong commitment. Solomon said, all the days of your fleeting life which he has given you to under the sun. Regarding marriage, Solomon said that life is just too short to give up on its potential happiness. A couple can enjoy life with each other by working at the relationship. Note now that this was given by God. And that being the case, it is inherently good. Consider briefly James 1, 17, which says, Every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting of shadow. 
and that includes marriage. It is a gift from God. Solomon also said that man should enjoy labor. This is a frequent refrain in the book of Ecclesiastes, one that deserves a lesson devoted entirely to it. And if the good Lord wills, one of our episodes will be about that. But let's consider now Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10. Whatever your hand finds to do, verily do it with all your might. For there is no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol where you are going. Having talked about contentment, comfort, and companionship, I think Solomon is emphasizing the point that having the physical and mental resources to accomplish something is grounds for joy and thanksgiving. Therefore, everybody should be a hard and cheerful worker, no matter what job he or she has. Whatever your hand finds to do, instead of always wishing for something better. Solomon emphasizes that we should always work with a positive attitude, stating, do it with all your might. And we need to do it now because this is our chance. The grave is not a place of opportunity. When a person dies, all opportunities for improvement dies with him. He or she has sealed their lot in life. With this in mind, Solomon just noted some things that would be impossible for the dead. There will be no more daily routines of life. There will be no calculating of future trips, dreams, or events. An intellect can't be increased through study and observation after death. So what does it mean? The wise person puts forth his very best efforts in this life with God at the center. Now let's look at one of the more famous statements in the book of Ecclesiastes, found in chapter 9, verses 11 and 12. Solomon wrote, I again saw the sun that the race is not to the swift, and the battle is not to the warriors, and neither is bread to the wise, nor wealth to the discerning, nor favor to men of ability, for time and chance overtake them all. Moreover, man does not know his time, like fish caught in a treacherous net, and birds trapped in a snare, so the sons of man are ensnared at an evil time when it suddenly falls on them. The exhortation to work hard and enjoy life is also necessary because of another universal principle under the sun. Events do not always work out the way it seems they should. What appears to be an obvious outcome may very well take an unpredictable twist. Nothing is guaranteed in life. And Solomon gives five examples to show this. The race is not to the swift. Being the fastest does not guarantee a runner will win the race. The battle is not for the warrior. Even the best fighting men may be killed. Neither is bread to the wise. The wise still may not have bread on the table. Nor is wealth to the discerning. A person who is perceptive and makes good judgment does not necessarily turn out wealthy. And finally, favor is not to men of ability, meaning simply that the greatest abilities may not be shown favored by rulers or employers. Then we get to time and chance. These are two elements that can upset the best of human plans. A person may not be given the time he needs to succeed. And chance in this context has the idea of something unintentional or accidental. A man of ability may think he has anticipated every possible scenario yet to be overcome by something completely unexpected. 
What is the point of this illustration? Simply this, man cannot accurately predict anything. We must live by faith and trust in God because God alone knows the whole plan. Does this mean that man should not try to succeed? No, indeed not. God expects us to do our very best. However, as we prepare for success, we should be aware that events beyond our control, time and chance, may have a negative effect upon all our plans. Look with me now at Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 12, which says, Moreover, a man does not know his time. Like fish caught in a treacherous net and birds trapped in a snare, so the sons of men are ensnared at an evil time when it suddenly falls on them. My friends, we might get to the point where we think we understand everything in life, but that's foolish. Life is unpredictable. Solomon wrote that man does not know his time. The older I get, the more I understand that. The passage of time has a way of kind of overwhelming a man. It seems as though we always think we'll have more time. And it is inescapable, like fish caught in a treacherous net and birds trapped in a snare. We just have to take the chance. Live life to the fullest with God at the center and realize that things happen, sometimes suddenly and sometimes very unpleasantly. Without God, that's a miserable truth. But with God, it is okay. I hope these words serve to be helpful to you. Thanks again for listening.